The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Christine Uptrich Show here on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. If you're listening live anywhere around the world, or perhaps you're listening after the fact on one of the dozens of podcasts this ends up in or on christineupchurch.com. I think you're going to be really grateful you've joined us here today because this is something important we're going to be talking about that I believe relates to most people in this world when they're trying to find the love that they want, whether they're single or whether they're in a relationship and things aren't quite right. And we've got an expert who has an interesting take on this who is so insightful. But before I get into introducing him and getting into this topic, I'd like to say hello to the man behind the technology, Benny Mathers. Good morning, Benny. Hi, Christine. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Oh, me too. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good good show we have in store for us today. Yeah. We do. Okay, we good, do. good, good, and, good. And um, I really, our guest today is Dr. Gary Salyer. And Gary apparently went through a divorce and he vowed that his next marriage would be different. And guess what? It ended kind of the same way with some of the same issues. But instead of sort of giving into this, you know, this repeated cycle, he decided he was going to find another way. He committed to exploring about what it is that we need to get love and keep love and have it be fulfilling. It became his highest calling. And he has created this methodology, which is also in a book, that's called Safe to Love Again, so that you can have hope for creating the love that you want. And it's based on a field of study called attachment theory. We're going to get into that. Um, And he has been on numerous shows, TV shows, radio shows, The Aware Show on Hay House Radio, Coast to Coast AM, and others. And he is the author of the book Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Dr. Gary Salyer. Hey, Gary. Hey, Christine. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You know, it's funny because although, you know, I've been in therapy for many years, I've read a lot of pop psychology stuff. I hadn't read a lot about attachment theory except in terms of what it meant as a parent, attachment parenting. And so um, I just want you to share with our listeners not only about your you know, how you sort of went from repeated divorce to exploring this, but why you have attached yourself to attachment theory and why it's so beneficial. Okay. <laughs> well, like you, I, I did years of therapy too, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was seven and I said, man, I'm not going to repeat all these divorces in the family. I was an alcoholic family. Everybody was miserable. You know? uh-huh. And so when I went to college, I had one goal. You know, I was going to set my life up to never, to never have a divorce, to know how to really love. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get this, uh, I got two degrees, religion and psychology. Uh-huh. And my senior year, a professor calls me in and says, hey, we want to run a personality test on you. And I take it. And he calls me into his office a couple of days later, and he gives me all the results. And as I'm leaving, he says, oh, by the way, I've got to tell you, you have a 90% chance of a divorce. Wow. I mean, just by the way, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, based like, on the, this this questionnaire survey. Yeah, yeah. And I was, oh man, I, grenades going off, right? What do you mean after four years? So I stayed a fifth year to get a degree in marriage and family. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got to do it. <laughs> right. Got to do it. And then twelve years later, I've got this divorce, and I'm going. I don't get it. I I, I did all the studies. I did everything. Uh-huh. So then I go through like seven and a half years of therapy, mm-hmm. right? Right. And and then the second marriage goes down the tubes for kind of the same reasons. Mm. So so then I, I do a couple more years of therapy, and now I'm dating, and I'm realizing I'm either picking partners 
who create distance or I create the distance. Uh-huh. And that the pattern is repeating. And one after one painful breakup, I looked myself in the mirror shaving the next day after the breakup, and I said, there's one commonality here. It's you. Mm-hmm. And if therapy can't get it done, you're going to crack the code yourself. So how did you go about cracking the code? Because I think, you know, it, that, that's a code that everybody would like to break. Well, you know, I, I set myself in the thing. I, I said, what am I aiming for? And one night I was out, and I watched this couple. They'd been married. They were probably married 20, 25 years, uh-huh. and they're looking at each other like teenagers. <laughs> and I said, that's what I want. I want that after 25 years. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Kind of like I'll have some of that from Sleepless in Seattle. Sure, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of that moment, sure. you know. Right. And I said, so what, then I asked the question, okay, what allows the brains of people who create and pick and maintain a beautiful, loving relationship? What's different about the way their brain thinks, feels, and mine? Hmm. And I said, and how would you change someone like myself <clears throat> or other people like myself? And so that's when I just started digging in uh, to do the research and started working with clients. And it became my singular focus. What creates that brain? Uh-huh. And um, turns out to be something I didn't expect. And what's Or that? feelings <laughs> that are running up and running the show. And uh, yes, it was the shock of my life to find out the answer was feelings as a man. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> they were right all along. Uh-huh. It is about feelings. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, but you, you've connected the, the feelings part to the brain. What, what's that connection about? Well, in attachment theory, attachment theory is just simply put the science of how brains are wired to love and be loved, uh-huh. right? And there's a, a famous experiment done a long time ago in the 60s called the strange situation, where all they do is it's a couple-minute test. You take children, uh-huh. and you have mom walk out the room. Right. And based on how they act when there's what's called separation anxiety sure. and how they react at the reunion, you can find out how, how their brain is wired for love. And there's turns out that there were four styles. I only talk about three because one gets into other things. But there's basically anxious, secure, and avoidant. And these, okay, say, say that again. Anxious? Anxious, secure, and avoidant. Avoidant. Three okay. styles. And, these, and from one to one-and-a-half-year-old babies, that early, they're set up and they will run for the rest of their life, barring intervention. So can you talk about each of those three styles? Yeah. In the, in the situation with the, 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 the young child, the toddler or whatever, the separation anxiety. Yeah. And you know, just to finish the, the point, whatever tells that brain at one that it's loved and it can be securely loved is what's running the show because it's that early. <laughs> okay. And what we know is the secure baby, when mom goes away, uh, yeah, they get upset, but there's this inner confidence that they're going to come back. They don't get anxious. They don't get avoidant. And it's like when they come back, I knew you were coming back. So they calm down easily, and there's a joyous reunion. I'm so happy you're here, Mom. And they go back out and play again. Uh-huh. And these people show up to be later on secure. They pick really good partners, and they create really good relationships. They don't get, they're not worried about love going away or, or being afraid of it. They're, mm. they're comfortable. They expect repairs to be made. They expect things may go wrong, but yeah, we'll get it right. Uh-huh. Now, the anxious baby, when mom comes back, uh, they're upset. Oh, they are uncontrollably upset. Mm. They are inconsolable, insol- right? right? And there's, there's this thing that they want mom to come back, but they're angry. They frequently hit them, and they don't go out and play again there. And these become your drama kings and queens okay. of the universe. When, when's love going away? Where were you last? Why didn't you text me? You mm-hmm. still love me? And they're always afraid of when. When is love going away as adults? And frequently that anxiety runs, becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. People do, because right. it's too much. Yep. Yep. Then there's the avoidant. And the avoidant baby goes, hmm, they sometimes cry and they go, hmm, mom went away. But secretly, behind the scenes, they haven't had much of an attachment. They haven't had a lot of, uh, of uh, really secure responses 
whereas the anxious baby had intermittent, there, not there, there, not there, so they want to fight to lock it down. Uh-huh. These babies learn that love ain't there, and uh, they check out. Now, they look precociously, very precociously mature, like, oh, look at that cute little baby. Mm-hmm. So mature, playing by themselves, but they know they have to do it all by themselves. Right, and that, that self-sufficiency is not conducive to connection. No, they become the Marlboro mate. What, what does uh, that mean, the Marlboro mate? Oh, they're the mate that, you know, that, you know, like the Marlboro man is always by himself on a rock. You never see him with a partner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. back, back in the days when there was advertising for um, cigarettes, yes. Yes, that's yes, right. Yeah. Yes, and it's like... They are, you can be in the same room and they could be, and it feels like you're in the next universe. They mm-hmm. are emotionally dismissive. Oh, come on, just get over it, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, and they won't commit. They're afraid of relationships or they just, you know, they're the kings and queens of the one-night stand or the, the ghostings. A lot of the ghosting comes from this. Right, right. right. So yeah. people are in an early relationship, things seem to be going well, and all of a sudden they don't hear from the person. Yeah, yeah. You often hear it like, you know, you know, baby, there may be someone better out there, <laughs> which means I'm really being, I'm, I'm getting scared. We're getting into a relationship. I'm not sure it's going to be here. I so I'm got to go and do my thing again. And these three styles of love uh, are the ones that characterize most adults. Fifty percent of adults are secure. Twenty-five hmm. percent are avoid uh, are avoidant, and twenty percent are anxious. The other 5% kind of split the difference. Um, and the real question that I set is, you know, we know that in an attachment theory and sometimes therapists says, oh, you're anxious or avoidant. But that's like putting a sign above you that says, I'm screwed. There's right. no hope there. Right. How, what's the way back? Uh-huh. I ask the question, what would rewire that brain? Interesting. So, so we're, we're going to go to a quick break, but when we return, Gary, I'm going to want you to talk about how we can rewire our brain to attract the love we want and have fulfilling relationships. Stay tuned for more with Dr. Gary Salyer. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, It can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, 
you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Christian Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. You know, Gary, um, so often we think in terms of the, the brain being wired and that it's really hard to rewire it. And when you talk about the brain being, a wire, being wired in a particular way for attachment in a young, young child, how do we as adults, first of all, identify how we, you know, what our attachment um, is like and how we can rewire it if it's off? best way to identify it is, you know, to answer, there's like three major questions. If you're secure, this is what it feels like. You know, I feel really comfortable being in a relationship, and even when sometimes go, things uh, go wrong, I expect it to work out. I expect to depend and to de- be dependent upon in a relationship. Mm-hmm. If that feels normal and good and right, you're not getting that little feeling in a, in a fit of your stomach like, oh, I've never had that, or... I don't know, is that really true? Then that wouldn't be true. But if that feels right, then you're probably secure. Okay. <clears throat> if you're anxious, you're thinking, you know, I've always felt like I've never gotten enough in a relationship. I'm always worried that it's going to go away. I, I'm always afraid that love is going to go away, that I really can't quite depend on it. Uh-huh. Uh, and so uh, I'm always a little anxious and fearful mm-hmm. of how it's going to fall apart. That's, if you feel that way, then you're probably more anxious. If you're more avoidant, it'll be more like, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes I can get in a relationship, and it's been in, when I get out, it doesn't take me very long at all to get over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not quite sure, you know, I'm never quite sure. It doesn't feel right depending on somebody. It feels better being alone or being self-dependent, uh-huh. right? Uh, you know, um, love is nice, but I don't think you should depend. That's mm-hmm. more avoidant. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes people can start off in life with a secure love style, but later experience can affect it. Uh, if you've been ghosted five or six times in a row, even if you're secure, it's going to make you think, gosh, what's going wrong with me? Mm-hmm. So we're not saying later experience doesn't count. We're saying that usually it's set up early. Right. And one right. of those three usually fits most people, or a combination sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a continuum. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. How do some of the stories we tell ourselves about our childhood um, set the stage for how we attach or don't attach? Now, that's an interesting question, Christine. Uh, one of the things we found out, uh, a researcher by the name of Dr. Mary Maine, found out that how we tell the story about our past actually tells us a great deal about our attachment style uh-huh. and... Uh, it will predict with 85% accuracy the attachment style of your children. So how you talk about your own story will tell your children what to expect of love, and it will affect their attachment style. And they mm. even track wow. stories and their effects on succeeding generations for up to six generations. Oh, the my story. goodness. Oh, it's powerful. Yes. So can you give us an example of this of a, of a story that's told that's somewhat dysfunctional that um, gets passed down? You know, I took that chapter out of the book, believe it or not, because I had to get it out, but uh, it will be in my next one. I actually tell my own story in three different ways, how the anxious 17-year-old would, how the avoidant 45-year-old graduate professor did, and how this guy that's reclaimed his current secure lifestyle does today. The anxious was, the short story was, you know, I had a borderline mother, never welcomed in life. You know, uh, uh-huh. she didn't even name me for the first three weeks of life. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. she. The police 
had to come out, the state troopers, and she refused to name me. She was so disappointed that she didn't have a girl. And according to my dad, they said, uh, you know, uh, if you don't want to name your child, that's fine. We can take you to a place where you have all the time in the world to think about it, or you can just do it right here. What's your pleasure? Ooh, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? And so Gary Cooper and Dean Martin won. <laughs> uh, that's how I got <laughs> I love it. Oh. Nope. That's the story. Uh, you know, uh, my aunt Evelyn was on the doorstep. Give me your two favorite actors, you know? Uh-huh. And so, Gary Cooper and Dean Martin. So now at 17, it was like, gosh, you know, no matter what I do, I'm never enough. Right. I can work my tail, be a straight-A student. I'm never loved, you know? And right. I just don't understand women. It's going to go away, and and it's so unfair. Right. That's a, that's an anxious story. Sure. Now, 45 years later, a part of me is doing is trying to just say, well, just screw it. I'm tired of this game, uh-huh. right? Right. And it's, and it's after the second divorce, it's like, yeah, can't please them anyway, so might as well nah, just date. Uh, you know, this whole thing with love, nah, uh-huh. nah, I'm not going to show up that much. Sure. But, you know, it's fun going out with them and all those other good things, but I'm not sure I want to get involved with the marriage again. Sure. That would be a, that's an avoidant one, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, and uh, then the the secure one is more like, gosh, you know, I started off with a pretty rough patch, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like I was loved, and uh, but you know, I found out that I was worthy of love, and mm-hmm. I also looked and realized that some of those those things, those divorces, was me trying to find love, but I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. But now that I know I can do better, and sure, there's some growth places. I'm not perfect, but I know I deserve buff. Right. And, right. and and I do the, and I do my work. Uh-huh. And, uh, and of course... Good, the, and love is a good deal. You're yeah. not getting the love you needed when you were younger was about your mother and not about your worthiness. No, but it comes in as worthiness. Of course know, it I, does. Yeah, we, we internalize <laughs> it. Yes, I get that. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I think oh, yeah. that as the, the, the more mature, self-evolved person can look back and say, oh, that was about her pain and not about me. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. You know, uh, but when you're four and five, yeah. you know, the normal, the normal four-year-old is saying, you know, if those parents are messed up, uh-huh. you're screwed. Right. So the, 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 the devil's deal like, if I take the blame on myself, then I can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and sometimes, that's where the power. And sometimes yeah. we, we fall into patterns where we um, are trying to survive, you know, and, and, and get through it. And then those patterns get wired. Right. Exactly. We get old security memos that happen in four or five. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. Well, above all, don't reach out for your knees or don't raise your voice. And, but nobody ever gives those security memos an expiration date. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it's one thing when you're four and five, and it's and it's your best takes the best deal available every time, the best deal available. Mm-hmm. But the best deal available will not create love when you're twenty five, thirty five, forty five, fifty five. You know, right? Because seeking distance, if you're avoidant, might have been the best thing with a very abusive father or mother. Of course, but it won't be so good when you're in a partner and they need to reach out and you are distant. Right. Yeah. So, in your book. You talk about rights, that we have several rights. What do you mean? Well, what I rights are these little early, early experience. Kind of sets up these six templates or permission slips so that we can have certain experiences in relationships. I call them rights. And that we're kind of born with these rights. All of us have a right to exist. But... Sometimes it can be taken away. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, not being well uh, named for three weeks, I probably wasn't welcomed very much into the world. Sure, either. right. So I didn't have much of a right to exist. She didn't want me there, mm-hmm. right? right? Another right is the right to reach out and have your needs met. Mm-hmm. To feel worthy to reach out and have the needs met. That's put yeah. in too very early. Right. Another right, when the toddlers start separating and doing the thing, they realize, oh my God, I'm a me. Look over there. There's mom and dad. They're mm-hmm. not me. What are we going to do? Right. Right? <laughs> well, but they know they need some backup. They know they need support. Uh-huh. They want to be seen. Right. So uh, they, there's a right to separate and belong. Not just separate like an avoidant. Not just belong like an anxious might want. 
but to separate and belong. This is the right that really messes with a lot of couples. If it's if it's split one way or the other, it creates relationship havoc. Huh. There's also, oh, and that comes in as a feeling of cherished and protected. And then there's two rights that come in during the terrible twos. Um, those two rights are the right to create your own experience. Mm-hmm. I get to be good and bad, strong and weak, all those things in between, fully uh-huh. human. Uh-huh. And a right to assert. I get a right to have a voice. I get to have some choice, right? right. Uh, I get to, yeah. And then later on, you get to share influence with a partner. You get to feel empowered with choice. And when the brain adds all of them, then it makes a decision. The sixth right is you have a right to love and be loved right back. Not just to love and not be loved, or to be loved and not to love mm-hmm. back like a narcissist would. Uh-huh. Those are the six rights. And if we have all of them, we're secure. Right. And when one or two of them gets damaged, we opt to be anxious or avoid. Mm. So when we return, we're going to um, talk a little bit more about uh, when we don't feel that we have one of those rights, how we can help repair that. Stay tuned for more with Dr. Gary Salyer. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms helping everyday women create extraordinary lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, developing a dynamic you. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D E B R A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. The Vibration of Change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. What song was that, Benny? It'd be uh, Acoustic Alchemy. I like that. Love at a Distance. Ooh. Right? Oh, okay, I got you with that one. Yeah, you did. Okay, so, you know, um, I'm fascinated by your book, Safe to Love Again, Gary. And 
when I looked through the questions about, um, well, it's actually, you know, identifying the false self and mm-hmm. kind of connecting it to a missing right somehow that we've never really felt like we've had that right, that we talked about the rights before, the right to exist, the right to have your needs met, et cetera. Um, so let's say that you don't really feel like you have a right to exist. As you mm-hmm. said, you didn't um, based on your upbringing and, and your initial, you know, your mother's, mother's reaction to you being a boy. How, yeah. do you, how do you heal that? How do you rewire the brains so that, so that you believe that you have a right to exist? What I found through the research is, you know, you step into, and this is, you step into a one-year-old child. What could possibly be telling that child they're loved? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not uh, beliefs, because that part of the brain doesn't come on until three, the prefrontal cortex. It's not story. Oh. Okay. It's not logic. It's not other things that you hear from cognitive behavioral therapy. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's not. It's not that part of the brain. Well, that's what a lot of therapy does. That's not running the show. Mm-hmm. What's running the sh- The only thing up and running, are, uh, it's not even identity or self yet. It's four feelings. The only thing that could run between one and one and a half, with a, it's got a little language by that time, are four feelings. And then I said, so what four feelings? Surely mm-hmm. not all four, uh, all feelings are, are equal. If you, if you look at these rights, what I began to notice is what healed a person mm-hmm. who had a missing right to exist was feeling welcomed with joy. Right. That was the missing feeling. A child, a child, a secure has been welcomed with joy. Oh, so glad to see you, little Christine. We're so glad to have you in the family. Uh-huh. Right? Right. <laughs> that stuff, right? Yep. If you had a missing right to, to, to reach out and have your needs met, Everybody would say, I'm not enough, I'm not deserving, worthy, nourished, deserving. This was the feeling. That was the missing feeling. And children who are adequately prepared for feel worthy of having their needs met. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the feeling of uh, for separating but along, it's that, that parent is looking over them, making sure they're safe. My son used to love going to the top of the of the. The, the stairs and go, <laughs> you know, and all this stuff, right? And and I knew he was doing it, and he he just wanted to see if Dad could still run track. Right, right? right. <laughs> come save him, yes. <laughs> you know, it's a game. But he learned he was protected, and uh-huh. he learned he was cherished. Right. That's what seeing is. You're, we look over you. We've got you back. You're cherished, cherished and protected. That's what it means to be a me and a we, cherished and protected. Someone's got you back. Because mm-hmm. you're so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and then that's the feeling that people wanted. That's what healed that missing right. Mm-hmm. And you look at that's the feeling running in children too. Mm-hmm. So I began making all these correlations, and then for the, the right to create your experience, the right to assert, think you're probably feeling disempowered, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the feeling is empowered for some variation there. Mm-hmm. And so these four feelings are the are the feelings that good parenting gives you, and they're the ones that I learned restored the right for people. So the the key is to do work not just around your story, not just around your limiting beliefs. If you've been told that's the bo- bottom line, it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's re- having a brain feel safe, feeling welcomed, mm-hmm. worthy, cherished. And empowered. You have to do it so they feel it, really feel worthy, okay, in their body, in their guts. If you can do the deep work, and there's techniques that are kind of more technical, but if you can go in and restore that feeling and make it safe, because at one point in time, if a person was in an abusive family, having a voice was not safe. You have right. to make it safe to feel empowered, safe to feel worthy. That's why it's called safe to love again. Mm-hmm. But if we give those four feelings up and running, worthy people don't pick on uh, people that treat them worthy. Disempowered people will pick people that are, are dominators, but not empowered people. They suddenly, I begin to realize, without a lot of dating coaching, my singles started picking really good people again. That if they found unworthy, they found people that make them feel unworthy. Uh-huh. But not when they were worthy. If they felt disempowered, they'd find someone that was a dominator or they'd lose themselves. Yeah. So these feelings, uh, if we got unworthy, unwelcomed, uncherished, uh, disempowered, 
they create predictable picks and predictable relationship patterns. Mm -hmm. And when you restore the feelings with a little coaching, a little skills, I do teach some couple skills, you Mm -hmm. know, Uh pretty soon they're able to create and maintain a loving, lasting relationship. Four feelings, a few skills that help couples give them back, uh, back and forth, and you're and you're in the you're in the green zone. Okay. So one of the things I found so fascinating about your book is when you've given some examples of um, your 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 coaching with people. Oftentimes, it's not just about the the how the the bad attachment, the the, the dysfunctional at, at, attachment pattern doesn't just go into the love relationships, but finds its way into the business world and so forth. It does. I call that chapter, Love is the Operating System. And I really think the universe was leading me, Christine. One of my very first, uh, I began, one of my very first clients 12 years ago on this, when I stood in, she wanted to find out why she was always, she didn't have a right to ever need to. She didn't have a right to what? Have her needs met. Okay. And, and so she was either with takers, or with married men who couldn't give her what she wanted, uh-huh. right? Right. Not very, if you're not deserving, by the way, a lot of undeserving women will pick married men because they know they're not going to get what they need back. Right. They, they, right? That's just one of the patterns. Uh, so when we're working, we restore that. She, dro- she drops this guy that was a real taker, and she starts dating a man that's got the ability to get back. Mm-hmm. But then about a month later, she comes and says, you know... I'm beginning to realize my roommate's a taker. You think this guy mean to do with that? I go, yep, same pattern. Uh-huh. So she gets a better roommate. And then about a month after that, we're continuing the work. And she goes, you know, I, I just I know this is random, but I have a business, you know that, right? And uh-huh. I am always undercharging or giving away freebies. I never get paid what what I think I'm worth. Uh-huh. Do you think this is showing up in my business? And I said, Yahtzee, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, the brain takes these feelings and these rights, and it, it just swaps them out for other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it comes in the opposite way every great once in a while. You know, I do mostly love and relationship with a couple. Every once in a while, someone I've worked with says, well, I've got somebody having a business problem. Could I refer them? Sure, they show up. One guy... He had a he had a twenty five year marriage and he had a one business problem where he lost two and a half million dollars, um, and we tracked it down to this uh, missing right to assert and we and uh, we worked on that and there was one session I was sitting there thinking I I don't see how this can't show up in his marriage right I mean I've never seen it not uh-huh. and and I said I'm just curious I know you're happily married twenty five years in but does this thing ever show up he goes, you know, that's funny. My wife and I were just talking that maybe we need to come in and see a session because this does. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bingo. Uh-huh. You know, I yeah. knew it had to come from somewhere. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah. so, yes, these things have, every one of these rights, believe it or not, has a predictable consequence on a business model. Interesting. It's, uh, and I've tracked that, too. Uh, it's kind of eye-opening to find out that when people can't charge their value, they have a missing right mm-hmm. to to, to have their needs met, and people that can't have coaching or they don't have very good support staff, they have more right to separate than to belong. Mm-hmm. With that's always the case. If they don't have a really good right to create their own experience, good luck with marketing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's things like that. That this this whole thing of attachment is how we're geared for love and life. Yeah, and. Yeah, I think you need to write an entire business book because I find that so fascinating too. Because it it's it sounds like it just it it appears in all of our lives, and we often think in terms of love being separate from the rest of life. But you're saying it's all intertwined. Yeah, it can affect health too. I had one client that I mentioned right after met, and she was in her forties, uh, always. And she, her thing was she was always picking married man, couldn't figure out why, even when she was trying not to. Well, she didn't have a right to have her needs met. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the funny thing was, since she was nine, uh, she had a, a bad case of anemia. And it had been defundly, the medical profession for 35, 40 years, mm-hmm. they just could never figure out why it kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. Right. And 
she thought, I just have to live with it, and we don't know why. Doctors are, you know, they don't, they're befuddled, you know. But mm-hmm. when we restored her right to have her needs met, she walked into me a couple months later, and she goes, my anemia's gone away. Interesting. And, uh, and it's because her body was mirroring the missing right in her head. Mm-hmm. Her body was not taking in the nutrients. And when we gave her a right, and her body listened in, her body said, oh, I have a right to take in nutrients, and suddenly the anemia goes away like a, like a miracle. That's fascinating. I love that. We're going to go to another quick break, but um, stay tuned for more. You're going to learn about how you can connect with Dr. Salyer, and also we're going to chat a little bit about um, what attachment has to do with the dysfunction that's going on in the U.S. government. Stay tuned for more. You don't want to miss that. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. If you're going to want to listen to this or share this later, um, you can go to ChristineUpchurch.com. It should be posted by next week. And, of course, it ends up on iTunes and other podcasts. All right. Safe to love again, Gary Salyer. Uh, Gary, before we go any further and we run out of time, because this is a fascinating conversation, I, f- I feel like we could spend three hours talking about this in depth. Um, so how can people connect with you? I know that you offer some workshops and stuff. What, you know, what's your website and how can people connect and and what is it that you offer? Okay. Well, you go to www.garysalier.com, G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R.com. You can contact me there. There's, you know, you can contact me, email me any questions. And there's a free gift there. I have this thing called Love Notes. They're little videos. 
series, two to four minutes, where I go over some of the big highlights in the book. I give couples advice. And there's also some some really great advice from John Gray, Ariel Ford, Dark, Paul Greg Bunsen. Mm-hmm. So, and it's for singles and couples. One couple in Oregon told me it saved their engagement and uh, just listening to those so that's my free gift to everyone. You just go there. There's a link to buy the book on Amazon, Safe to Love Again. And that's, you know, if you want to really go deep, that's the best way. And just GarySalyer.com. All sorts of fun videos, links, ways to contact me. And um, speaking of uh, Ariel Ford, who's been on our show before, uh, she says, Dr. Gary Salyer has written a game-changing book that skillfully explains the origins of the blocks of love. This magnificent work offers practical healing solutions that will put you on the path to deep and lasting love. And, of course, um, the, on the cover of the book, it says, um, if you have ever lost hope for love, this is the book to read. That's Dr. John Gray, who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. So some high praise indeed. Okay. Thank you. So I'm really curious. When, when I... Uh, here in the United States, for those who are listening in other parts of the world, you're probably at least somewhat aware of this. We've, we've had great dysfunction politically. Um, we've had a president who has, in, I think in just about everybody's eyes, misbehaved in a variety of ways. And although it can be very painful about the, the ramifications of it, oftentimes I will look at somebody who is misbehaving and think, what? great pain they must be in or have been once upon a time to have them end up like this. When you look at the situation with the president, when the situation with our political, um, you know, the the Congress, uh, what do you see in relationship to attachment? That's a good question, because I do see it. I mean, in my mind's eye, not that I'm going to write it, I've lost some time. Maybe I should write a book called Safe to Vote Again. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it show doesn't feel safe to me anymore. Yeah. Uh, what we have in our president is a classic avoidant. Now, he's, he's got a cluster B personality disorder, and they usually wind up either extremely anxious or extremely avoidant. Uh-huh. Putin would be in another uh, very avoidant uh, character. Now, the oh, thing oh, is, is what, oh, yeah. So how, how is he avoidant? Can you give us a couple of examples? Just look on his face. There's no warmth to him. Uh-huh. Neither of these people could run a single mirror neuron. They don't do empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're cold, hard, calculating, and most of their thinking is more reptilian. It's not, you know, it's all about their own territoriality. Uh-huh. <laughs> they don't do attunement. They don't empathize. The avoidant does not step into another person. Okay. Their needs, their situation, it's all about them, loyalty right. to me, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And what the cl- an avoidant has one classic reaction to the other person, anxiousness. Huh. We have what we have, and we see this too in the leadership uh, in the Senate. Uh, you know, there is that's not very attuned. You can make bid after bid, a law after law to protect the country, and no, 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 we can't put that on the floor, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so what we've got is an avoidant government with an anxious population, mm. worried. I, I, and it's not just me, but I don't know, especially at first, I had at least 10 emergency sessions. And in the last year and a half, two years, therapists and coaches will tell you, people are showing up scared, rotten, because the, the fox is guarding the hen house, yeah. especially... Yeah women who have maybe been, as if a woman has been sexually abused, mm-hmm. this guy is setting off all the bells and whistles. Absolutely. And those who've been in relationship with narcissists are getting triggered oh, as well. Exactly. So this, what we're seeing is a very anxious country because we can't get in a single attuned response. This is attachment right out at a macro level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's even what you saw on the border, uh, yes, we need border control, but the way he's doing it, by separating these children, John Bowlby, attachment theory was born when John Bowlby, a British psychiatrist, saw children who had lost both parents in the uh, uh, right after World War II because uh-huh. London had been bombed. Right. He noticed that these children, while they were fed and warmed and clothed, which is more they were getting down there, uh, uh-huh. were still dying. And he said they died for lack of love. 
love. He couldn't say love because that didn't sound scientific, so he called it attachment. Uh-huh. And so when children started dying at seven, eight, and they go, we don't know why, we give them food. Oh, I, I predicted that defense. I said, there's going to be children that die, but this is what happens. Mm-hmm. And when we do that type of separation from parents, um, they will have lifelong problems. Many of them will be condemned to cluster B personality disorders. That's what, like what is that? Borderline. Border, well, uh, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, or histrionic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really grossly unfair to tell to take a young child and say, we want to punish your parents, and you get to have a cluster B personality or disorder for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, no secure person. Yes, you can protect the border, but no secure person would do that. There's no, you have to have no empathy and mirror neurons to make that decision. Yeah. And for me, you know, I'm just saying that, um, and one of the things you, know, you just see is it's, it doesn't create a place for secure love. And the other thing that's going on here is notice the political rhetoric has got a lot of contempt. Sure. <clears throat> all these names like, you know, you know, I think he has all these names for people. Yes. Contempt is the acid rain of relationships. In couples research, the presence of contempt predicts the demise of the relationship within six years, 94% of the time. Oh, wow. So if it works that way in couples, what will it do to us as a nation? Mm. These tweets, this contempt, this ability to just make everybody about everybody's character instead of the issues, it is ripping our country apart because we all have attachment systems that react to contempt. And now it's become the almost the, the, the way of speaking to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it does nothing. And if we do it in, in political rhetoric, I guarantee you'll take it home. Right, right. And it is affecting us um, regardless of, of you know, <laughs> whether yeah. or not, like, we're being affected directly. If we're not, if we're not in a cage or we're not... Um, being discriminated against, whatever it's 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 affecting us, as you say. And I like to say this supersedes party affiliation. I'm just calling it the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if it had been Democrats up there, I'd be saying the same thing. And mm-hmm. I've occasionally seen some Democrats in history that didn't have a a functioning neuron eye. But right now, the situation is a very avoidant government creating anxiety, and that does. And we need more. And you know, just with. What we're doing with our environment, we do not have a secure relationship with the Earth yeah. at uh, the moment. This is, that's... We are not responding to it bids for attention with all the global warming. Yeah. And like in marriage, if you don't, if you miss enough bids for attention, the the conflict keeps up, mm-hmm. and we don't want to get into that conflict with Mother Earth. Yeah, this is, <laughs> it's fascinating on both the the micro, the personal level, as well as the macro. And um, our hour has flown by. Um, I wanted to mention your website again. Uh, GarySalyer.com, G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R.com. And Gary, I want to thank you for joining us here today. This has been fascinating. Thank you. This has been totally fun. And, and you're a wonderful host. And I, it's so great. We've been a wee supporting consciousness. And I thank you for that opportunity for us to do that together. Oh, thank you. And the book, again, is Safe to Love Again. And my website to learn more about what it is I offer, and also to hear the archives such as this one, uh, go to christineupchurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.